At this time, I would like you to stand with me to read our scripture today. We are looking at John 10.10. If you have your Bibles, you can open it to that. And it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, we thank you for the freedoms we have in this country that allow us to worship you openly. God, I pray that you will be with each individual here, and I pray, Father God, that you would open their hearts to receive the message you have prepared for them today. God, I pray that you would help us to look to you always so that we will have life to the full. God, we love you so much, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I, I want to remind you today that, that sometimes we hear something so often that it becomes almost like white noise in our, in our ears. We, the, the depth of it, the, the, the meaning of it uh, becomes light instead of heavy because we've heard it over and over again. Jesus said, the Son of God said, the one who came to die for us on Calvary so we could have eternal life said that there's an enemy that comes to steal and kill and destroy, but that he came that we could have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. Every day when you get up, we, 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 we can have this knowledge that Jesus wants us to have fullness of life. He wants us to discover what that means and to walk in that and to live in that and, to, and for our life to have this sense of purpose and wholeness. Now, we believe, and this is why we've been taking so much time with Starting Point, and it's why we're starting these lessons as of today after this class. If you missed a couple of weeks ago, you can go and, and pick this one up, and they'll be repeated every month uh, into the foreseeable future so that we can get this baseline of starting of this, of this four-part journey that God wants us to discover and to know so that we can discover who he is and walk in his fullness. And so each one of these steps is a step that begins us on a journey with him. It's not, in, we don't just go in and learn it and get and walk in, oh, that's it. No, it begins us on a journey with him to be the person God created us to be. Now, we, we believe that is, and we hope that every one of you and every person that comes to our church will learn to articulate this four-part journey, that you'll know it. You'll say, okay, I've, where, where, am I, where am I at in this four-part journey? The first one is, We've got to know God. We need to take the time to know God. The second part of this journey is getting involved with connection and community. Connecting with the body of Christ. Walking in community with the body of Christ so we can be what we're supposed to be and experience what we're supposed to experience in the body of Christ. The third part of this journey is to discover our purpose, why we were created, and the fullness of, of what God 
intends for us to do and to begin to do it. And the fourth part of that journey is what we're going to talk about a little bit today, this call to serve others. So we want to help every person to have a a baseline of understanding of these steps. And we call that starting point. Every Sunday, that'll happen back in the Welcome Center. This is step four, serve others. And we believe it's God's desire for every believer to begin down this journey. And we believe that in that you'll discover fullness of life. Life to the full is discovered and we, we experience it when we have the peace that comes from the saving knowledge of God's love. This is a part of what knowing God is about. Is as we know him and know who he is, we begin to have peace because we know that God loves us. The second part of it is security that comes only from walking in obedience to God's word. That your life no matter what it seems like today, can have, you, you can walk in security because you're obeying God's word. And listen, if you're obeying God's word, the promises of God's word will be true. Amen. So I can walk in security. I can walk knowing. God's going to come through and God's going to do his fullness in me. Fulfillment that comes only from expressing our divinely given gifts. Wholeness that comes only from being a submitted part of the body of Christ, which is part of us being connected to one another. And the power over self and sin that comes only from being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So think about this third one we mentioned here briefly. Fulfillment comes when we use our divinely given gifts when you use your divinely given gifts. Fulfillment doesn't come by going on the right vacation. It doesn't come by even finding the right job. Or Fulfillment doesn't come because the right person marries you. I've seen that. If I could just get that person to marry me, I'll be happy forever. How many of you know? Well, I won't ask that question. <laughs> I don't want to cause any trouble between families here today. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> now, here's, here's the truth. Many people use their gifts, and they don't even know that they're using them. Because gifts are so natural. That you can start to use them, and, and you're doing something, and everybody else around you is grateful for what you're doing. And you're not aware, I'm using a spiritual gift. This is how God wired me up. They know they have a sense of pleasure when they do certain things and they they begin to understand that they're good at doing certain things and they like they, they, they like it they have this enjoyment in it they may even wonder why others don't do them why doesn't everybody do this why why is it so hard for everybody to do this and they've never put the two and two together yet that they have a divinely given gift and that they're using it they don't recognize them as, as spiritual gifts. Some people are just kind of wondering, I'm trying to find a place to fit. And some have even given up on trying to find that place to fit. Because they've tried a few things and it didn't bring them fullness of life. It didn't bring fulfillment. It, it wasn't easy. It wasn't 
uh, joy-filled, and so they give up, and they sit back. Others get caught up in the busyness of life. They get seduced by trivial, meaningless things and spend their life doing other stuff, temporal things that they find some pleasure in, and never take the time to discover their spiritual gifts and find the, the joy and the peace of God that comes from expressing those gifts. This is why we have a, a, a process for you, a spiritual assessment you can go through that through looking at that assessment of your own life, you looking at your own life and others talking with you about it, you can begin to discover and recognize, hey, I'm using my spiritual gifts. Hey, here's where I could use my spiritual gifts. So again today, we've passed out this card. Did you get the card as you came in the door? We passed out this card. We passed this out last week if you missed it. And on this card, you can write your name on there. And you can just put a little check mark. A lot of you already did this last week that you'd like to know what your spiritual gifts are. And we'll get with you and begin to help you discover that. Did you understand? That's part of our purpose for existing. That's one of the reasons God wired us, uh, our pastors up the way that they have, is to help you discover your spiritual gifts and to help you get trained and then to release you to use them. The church becomes stronger and healthier when we do this. Now, there's also a check mark on there. If you've never been baptized in water, if you're interested in membership, you can check that as well. And at the end of this service, just drop that at the information booth or drop it out in the black box out there and we'll be in touch with you. But understand, this is an important part of your, of your life. Every, we believe this. Every person is created with an eternal purpose. Do you believe that? Every person is created with an eternal purpose. The enemy wants to rob you of that. The enemy wants to steal that from you, keep you from discovering it. He wants to destroy your pursuit of that while Jesus wants you to discover it. So our job is to help you discover it to help you develop it, and then to release you to do it. That's what we're called. Now, if you really believe this, I want you to look at your neighbor, because maybe the enemy, I, I believe this word is for somebody in here today, that maybe the enemy's trying to rob you. I just want you to look at him and say, you were created for a divine purpose. Just look at him and sincerely, don't, don't give me this you know, off the side of your mouth thing. Look at him. Look at him and tell him, you were created for a divine purpose. Boy, we want that to sink into our spirits. I, I, I hope everyone who can walk out of here going, I was created for a divine purpose. And some of you will walk out the door going, I was, I know what it is, I'm doing it. And some of us may have to walk out the door going, okay, I, I believe God's word's true. I believe God's word's true. He tells us in Ephesians that we were created, that he created us and he gave us a purpose, but I can't articulate what it is. I need to find out what mine is. And some of us may walk out going, wow, I understand that concept, but there's nothing down in my spirit yet that makes me feel that way. I just don't, I just don't sense that yet. 
But okay, God's word says it. God's word says it. Okay, I'm going to go give this thing a a shot and see what I can find out. We want to help you walk in that divine purpose and to discover what a loss. Not only to that person, but to every person. All the people around you. A loss for you. A loss for every person. When the enemy robs us and keeps us from discovering why God created us. Now, we believe that the primary gift that all believers receive is the Holy Spirit. That when we're born again, the Holy Spirit moves in our life. John 16, 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. Jesus said, when I go to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you to be a helper to you. And when you're born again, that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to move in your life. In John chapter 14, it says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Forever. Wherever, whenever, forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, when you ask Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit began to dwell in you. Begin to move in your life. And now it's, it's up to us to discover the fullness of what all of that means. The Holy Spirit, as the manifest presence of God, is with us to help us and to teach us. And again, sadly, some people just they ignore it. They don't lean into him and learn about him and, and learn to, to, to walk in him. Now, the Holy Spirit works in us to do two things, primarily two things. There's other things, but primarily two things. Produce fruit and empower us through gifts. He wants to produce fruit and empower us through gifts. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. This fruit, as we open our heart to the Spirit, as we invite the Spirit into our life, begins to produce this new fruit in us. And where before we may have felt helpless or in despair or maybe we had hatred for other people or bigotry for other people, maybe we were impatient with other people, the Spirit begins to check us. He begins to move in us. It's one of the evidences that we have really been born again is He begins to transform us. He begins to take the bad language out and put blessed language in. He begins to take our heart and make us see people a, a different way. We look at people one way and all of a sudden we begin to feel 
feel a conviction and we begin to feel that, that that's not right, that there's, we should see them differently. And God begins to move in our life and our mouth begins to run off because we're upset about something. The Spirit checks us and says that's not the way you need to walk or the, the innate way you need to live. And we begin to bring the fruit of the Spirit begins to develop and grow in our lives. It's a work of God in us. And sometimes, sometimes, Christians, we resist that. We, we push and say, oh, I don't want to be that person. I like it the way I am. Well, the way you are, the way we are before Jesus is destructive. This is what our life should look like. Is this fruit of the Spirit growing in us? Now, he goes on. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very, very grace. So we see that we receive, not only do we see, receive the fruit of the Spirit to grow in us, but a gift of the Spirit. And what is the purpose of the gift of the Spirit? To serve others. The call is to serve others. As Jesus came to serve us and died on the cross for us, we are now to pick that up and serve other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So listen to these lessons about the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is in us to serve others. The Holy Spirit has given us all a gift and the Holy Spirit is in us to change us, to develop a new nature in us, for us to be a new people. So I need to understand this. Here's the truth. A man with gifts but no fruit will destroy instead of build. They can be very gifted. They can have natural gifts and they can have spiritual gifts. And they can run around and push off the fruit of the Spirit and be selfish. And instead of building eternal things, they destroy things. So we need to grasp hold of the fruit of the Spirit and we need to work and strive to walk and to use the gifts of the Spirit. And we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are to be used to serve others in two ways. Two really clear ways. One is what we call organically. Organically is just, this is, this is just our day-to-day -day life. As we walk through life, as we go place to place, things happen. We see things. We experience things. We hear things. And instead of us saying, that's their problem, that's their life, I, 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 that's, that's their issue, organically our nature says, how do I help in this? How do I serve in this? What do I do to be a blessing in this? And so even in our natural life, the Christian is the first one on the sign-up list. 
Somebody at work is sick and they're organizing some meals for the Christian should be the first one there. I, I'm just organically, just naturally throughout life. I am. We want to dive in and be used of God in whatever way we can to serve others, to help others, to walk through life living on duty all the time, to recognize that where we're at and what we're doing is, and and the opportunities that come our way, the situations that come our way are not just something that accidentally happens but intentionally God has placed us there to say what can I do to make the load lighter and to be a blessing to others this is where miracles start this is where things happen where God adds his power to them and does something even greater than just what we can do because he flows through us as we're used of God it's just being available to God. The other place where gifts are supposed to be used is, is organizationally. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So Paul's writing to the church of, church of Corinth and he says to the church of Corinth, You're the body of Christ. You represent Christ. You're to do the work of Christ. You're to do what he would do if he was physically here. You, the church, are supposed to be that. And individually, you're members of that. Individually, you're connected with that. And he goes on to talk about what the body of Christ means and how we are varied in our gifts and how we, but we are all called to be an expression and to use our gifts in that common good. We believe this is expressed, this organizational quality is expressed in the local church as we combine our gifts to do God's work in our time. Displaying his fruit and using his gifts results in greater works through us to reach others. To touch others. Now listen. A group of people are really not the church just because they gather together. A whole bunch of people are going to gather together to watch the Super Bowl tonight. They are not the church. You got that? That's pretty simple, isn't it? You can go to a Christian church, a Christian concert. Everybody can worship God and have a great time and be a bunch of Christians gathered together. It's not the church. They'll all go home, live their individual lives, be disconnected, maybe never see each other again, spread out to their various communities. They're part of the, they're part of the universal church. But when God's talking about this aspect, he's talking about us gathering. He's talking to Corinth. He's talking to a local church to a group of people gathered together in Jesus' name. This, this is, so, so even, capture this, even a church like this, even in a place like this, we can come together, but if we don't get connected, if we don't use our gifts together, 
If we don't focus on goals together and work together and see ourselves as a part of a team together, a part of a body together, trying to help each other and bless each other and bless our community, if we just come and hang out and then go home, we're just a crowd that gets together once a week. It's not until we sit and say, I'm a part of this. I have a responsibility in this. I am a member of this. I am connected to this and I'm going to use my gifts for the common good of, of others and for the common good of our community and for the common good of our world that we really become a church, a people of God, members of a, of a group working together. A church becomes a church when they answer to one Lord and respond to his commands on their lives to build others and to care for a Christless world around them. This isn't, as Dan said today, as you said in his prayer today, God, we're not here just to be entertained. We want to worship you. We want to, we want to rightly give you thanks for all you've done for us. We want to hear your word and grow in it. So hear me. There's three places where we serve. We serve our family. Now, now let me be clear about that. Because most of us, when we think of our family, we think of our natural family, and that's true. But when we're talking about our family here, we're talking about our church family. See, when, when, when church becomes a right thing in us, the local church, it becomes like a family to us with brothers and sisters that we love and we care about, with people that we share our life with, with people that we look forward to seeing, with people where our heart beats for their good and breaks for their loss, a people where we are emotionally and spiritually and naturally connected inside of a life together because we love each other. Where the where, where, where all of the differences of race, all of the differences of economic backgrounds, all of the difference of educational backgrounds get broken down and we are the body of Christ together with different strengths, with different weaknesses, with different issues, with different abilities, serving one another for the common good. And so the church becomes this place where we, where we grow. We connect with the local church and we grow in love towards them and we use our gifts and our resources for their good. We invest our time. We invest our talents. We invest our tithe for the common good. To help each other. To bless each other. To provide ministry for each other. I use my time to use my gifts. I use my talents wherever God would place me with children or with youth or singing in a music group or running a small group. I get involved. I find a place to serve, to greet, to, to work in a cafe, to do something to help the body of Christ move forward. I find that place to connect. And when the offering plate goes by, I understand, wow, we don't keep the lights on here. We don't do all these ministries here. We don't serve each other here unless we all do something together. And this is what God says that we put this in to him for his glory to build his body. And so I get involved. 
I get involved and I begin to do things. Now, if you say I want to get involved, here's what you do. On a normal day, and you can, you can do this on the little card we passed out, but on a normal day, when you say, you know what? I'm ready to get involved with the family. You take the connection card that's on the chair in front of you and you write on there that you want to get involved in a ministry. And you'll get a call before the next Sunday to set up a meeting with you. If something happens and you don't get that call before the next Sunday, you stop in the end and weigh in and say, Pastor, I didn't get a call this week. I filled out that card. And I will, you know, my job is to go find out why you didn't get a call that week. Because we want to move quickly to help you make that connection. So you fill out cards and say, I'm, re- I'm ready to get involved. I'm ready to do something. I want to I find my gifts and my talents. And we're going to call you. You'll come and meet with one of our pastors or directors. And they'll help you begin to discover what, if you haven't been through a spiritual assessment, they'll help you find one. If you know what your gifts are at, we'll begin to talk to you about where you can use them. And we'll begin to help you connect in some place. We'll have you fill out some information because at the end of the day, if you're anybody in our church that works with minors has to pass a background check, we have to know that their background's okay for them to work with minors. How many of you think that's a good idea? It's a good idea, isn't it? We want, we, want, we want our children to always be safe. We want our children to always be in the right place. But even if there's something in your background, listen, you may have come from a sinful background, a, a, a place of error where you can't work with minors. There's other places where you can serve. God's grace, if you've asked Christ into your life, you've been healed from your past, there's a place for you to serve. And we'll help you find that place. But we'll walk you through that and help you find that place. And then you'll get some training and you'll start to serve inside the body of Christ. And for every one of us that begin to serve, the stronger the body becomes and the healthier we become to reach others. We become limited in our ability to reach our community when large numbers of people refuse to use their gifts and give their time, talent, and tithe. We become limited. But the more of us that join in and say, I'm going to use my time, my talent, and my tithe to bless the church, we can bless our community and reach more people for the glory of God's kingdom. Amen? So in that, not only do we want to, do we want to serve our, our family, we want to serve our community. We believe that God has planted us purposefully in a community. He's placed us somewhere. He's placed us here to bring relief to those who need relief. He's placed us here to bring justice to those who need justice. He's placed us here to bring hope to those who are far from God. See, this is one of the reasons why I love ministries you're going to hear about next week. You're going to hear more again next week about safe families. What what a great ministry. This is a place where we can bring relief to people who are really at a place of hurt in their life. It's a place where we can bring justice at times into children's lives who at this time in their life, what's happening to them is not just. But they can get a break. Uh, they can get out of a situation for a time until mom and dad get healed and get better on, get on their feet better and their life can be changed. There's many places in that ministry where you can serve, but this is a great community ministry for us to say what can I do in it now listen listen we hear this they need people who will be host homes that may not be your gift 
That may not be good for you. There are other ministries in there where many of you could serve in very effectively to help. So just be here next week. Ryan's going to talk to you about that. I'll be in Vietnam next week at this time. You'll be praying for me. Uh, but he's going to share with This is one of the ways we can reach out to our community. Our outreach ministries that happen in the summer where we go out and, and go on out into, into communities and, and, and give them a little bit of food and give them some clothes and minister to people and encourage people and share the gospel with people. These are just ways we can say, you know what? I can go out there and serve one day flipping hot dogs. I can, I can go out there someday and, 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 and pass out some clothes. I can go out and help set things up. I, I've got some resources that I can, I can get involved in and do that. We need to see our neighbors and their needs and carry a sense of responsibility to be good neighbors in our community. Now, that happens again organizationally, but it's supposed to happen organically too. Where you just see a neighbor and, and you understand they have a need in their life. You discover a need in their life and you say, you know what? I can, I can take care of that for you. I, I can. Hey, you've had, you've had surgery. You have this going on. I, 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 can, I can mow your lawn for a couple of weeks. I mean, that's really easy to do in February. <laughs> you can find a place to serve them and to help them and to be a blessing to them. And just to serve people in the name of Jesus. We need to be involved in our community. And we need to be involved in our generation. Mark chapter 16 says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Our mission is to compel every person in central Illinois to seriously consider the claims of Christ and to support ministries around the world that do the same. This is why we have mission celebrations that we'll have here in a few weeks. It's why Renee gets up and talks once a month about missions. We support missionaries and missions projects in our own city and all over the world. We're a part of building churches. We're a part of building schools. We help establish hospitals. We invest in seminaries. We have food programs that we, that we support. We've got this Bible distribution that we're getting ready to be a part of where you can bring Bibles in, orphanages that are supported in the name of Jesus. And you'll hear us talk about them every month. And yearly when we do a mission celebration, we'll be telling you what are, what are the things that we're doing that you can, that you can uh, uh, be a part of. And you say, well, how do we help? First of all, you help by praying. Just as in your prayer time, write down missions. As our missionaries come through, they'll give you prayer cards. You can put in your prayer notes and keep their names there and keep them fresh. And just lift up their names and pray for them. Pray for each of these areas whether it be a local ministry, a church ministry, or an international ministry, that God will raise up people to do it. In Matthew chapter 9, it says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into the harvest. The second thing you can do is go. Get involved. Isaiah chapter 6 says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, listen, then I said, here am I, send me. This is the why not attitude. Why shouldn't I do that? 
Why shouldn't I be, be involved in that? Why shouldn't I go out to that outreach? What, what's keeping me from stepping up and doing this? My fears, my worries, my insecurities. Why wouldn't I get involved? Why wouldn't I give a little bit of what God's blessed me with to bless missionaries around the world? Why wouldn't I get involved in a ministry in the church I belong to? Why not? This is what I say. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Let me get involved. Now, you talk about world, about missions. Our, our pastors lead several trips a year in the U.S. and around the world. We've got some coming up this year that if you want to get involved in, you can go to many places around the world and serve people. If you want to get involved very simply, you can go out to Hope Thrift Center, volunteer some time out there, take some things out there, donate some things out there, and we turn that into dollars to bless kids. To help kids in our community, help kids around the world. You want to get involved? Go over to the academy, to, to the academy, and volunteer to help a teacher out, to be a, an assistant in, in a classroom, to, to, to help kids with homework, whatever you're gifted to do. Find a place where you can serve. One of our outreach events that happens here in town, where we go out and bless people. You, you can get them. There's so many places where you can get involved. Some of them, you can just go one time and say, do I like this? Yeah, maybe I'll come back in two or three months and do it again. Others are ongoing, happen every week. You can get involved at whatever level of time you have to get involved. But if we want to make a difference in the world, we have to begin to serve others organically and organizationally. We've got to serve others. And so I encourage you to ask yourself, where are you serving? And finally, we can give. Matthew chapter 6 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust Destroy, where moth nor rust destroys and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Do you understand? I hope you do. When you drop your tithe, your offering in, and a teenager gets delivered and saved in the oasis, you were a part of that. You helped make that happen. When some kid gets to go to a Christian school and learns Christian principles whose parents could have never afforded to send them themselves, you help make that happen. When some child gets the Word of God planted in their heart in our Sunday school classes and our children's programs and it, they partner with parents to help lay the truth inside of these children's lives so they grow up knowing the Word of God, and you say, I do not have the patience to help to be with kids. I just don't, I can't do that. That's not my gifting. That's not, but when you give, you help that happen. You're storing up treasures in heaven. You're making a difference because of what you've given in all the ministries of the church. Same with missions. When we decide, I'm going to, you know, we, twice a year, once or twice a year, we do faith promises. We ask everybody to tithe. We do faith promises once or twice a year. Once a year, we always do them for missions. A faith promise is just what God would lay in your heart. We don't put any pressure on you. We just kind of tell you what the need is. And you have a chance to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do this year? What do you want me to do? And, and you say, okay, you know, once a month I'm going to give this much to help missionaries around the world. And when you do that, you feed people, 
You build churches. You do all these works around the world that we're a part of that helps us touch people and bring the gospel. I'm going to go into some countries over the next couple of weeks where two of them in particular, the percentage of people that are born again is so minute, it's so small. And yet we have missionaries there and we have people working there on college campuses, running coffee shops, doing things, teaching English as a second language and investing in people's lives. All of that's able to happen because people like you give and help us do that so we can begin to plant the gospel in people's lives who've never heard it before. Who've never heard it. And bring the gospel to them. And someday we're going to get in heaven. I, I want you to imagine this. Someday. See, see, here's what God warns us. He warns us that a day of judgment's coming. And if our name's not in the Lamb's book of life, we're lost. And if we haven't done what we should do, all of our deeds are lost. But he also tells us you can have treasures in heaven. And the day's going to come when many of us are going to be in heaven. And you've given to missions or you've gone out on a street outreach or you've been a part of, a, uh, of investing in a children's ministry and you're going to see kids there, you're going to see people there who are born again. And God's going to say, there's some of your treasure right there. There's some of what you did. You, these people, this happened because of you. Because you prayed, because you went, because you gave. I want to, I'd, I'd rather be rich in heaven and poor on earth than vice versa, wouldn't you? I want to be rich in heaven. I want to do things that will last for eternity. Now, if God wants to give me a lot of money on this earth, I won't refuse it. I'll use it for his glory. But if I have to choose one or the other, treasure in heaven treasure in heaven so what are you doing are you praying are you involved are you giving this is where we begin to serve others we stop thinking about ourselves we begin to serve us we begin to dream dreams that are eternal dreams instead of the next new thing that we can buy the next new investment we can make and we make a difference in eternity. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, I thank you for those, these people here who, who let me speak just straight to them and talk to them, Lord, and who, who receive this all so well. And, and I just pray, Father, that, uh, uh, Lord, the conviction of truth, the joy of conviction, not, not the heaviness of conviction, but the conviction that brings transformation, that brings life, would be in our life. There, there are some here today that we need to up our game in praying for others around us. There, there's some of us here today. There's been an appeal to get involved. And we've sat with our hands down And it's time for us to raise our hand and say, here am I. Send me. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll work in that department. I'll serve in that ministry. I'll give my time and my talent. And Father, there's some of us today that we just need to learn to give. We need to, we need to break through this thing and see ourselves as servants in your kingdom to serve others.
And I pray wherever that is, that Father, it wouldn't be with a sense of heaviness. It would be with a sense of joy. It would be with a sense of excitement. It wouldn't be with a sense of drudgery. It would be a sense of, I want to do things for eternity. Let joy reign in our hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As every head's bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down to the front right now. and We're going to end this service uh, today praying for those who have needs. And I know some of you have great needs. And I want to encourage you, don't leave without somebody praying for you today. Whether it's a need, whether it's a need of direction, whatever it might be. Uh, just find somebody to pray for you today and, and uh, let them pray with you. And today, if you've not crossed the line of faith and asked Christ into your life, the most important decision you're ever going to make is the decision about Christ. And there comes a moment in time when you have to say, Lord, I want you to be my Savior and I surrender my life to you. That moment can be today. Now, I want to challenge every Christian in this room. If you're standing next to somebody and you're not sure, you're not 100% sure of where they are with their eternity, it's okay to ask them. None of us should be offended by that question. And if they say, hey, I'm not sure, invite them to come with you down to the altar and, and pray with somebody. It's not a big deal. It'll be an eternity deal if they come. Amen? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that people would step out and come and you'd heal people, deliver people, give direction to people, give peace to people. And Father, maybe there's some in this room today who need to cross the line of faith and I just pray that they would boldly step out and come and uh, Father, a, a friend would be bold enough to ask them and to bring them to receive your Son as their Lord and their Savior in their life. Just do a work in us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come as they lead us in the song today.